The transition from uh, normal cars as we have them today to autonomous cars is much like the transition from mail to email. Welcome to an episode of Same Same But Mini, a bite-sized version of our podcast where we explain the most talked about tech buzzwords, one analogy at a time. Today, we are talking about autonomous vehicles with a good friend of ours. I'll let him introduce himself. Who are you and what do you do? I am Boris Hoffman. I am uh, the engineering director leading autonomous trucking and perception at Waymo. Boris, thank you for joining us. What the heck is autonomous vehicles and autonomous trucking? Can you explain <laughs> it using an analogy? The autonomous vehicles, and particularly the jump from the vehicles as we see them today to autonomous vehicles as we are moving towards, is very much like the transition from mail to email. Functionally, mail um, could achieve the things it was meant to achieve. You could get a message from uh, any person to any other person. It wasn't the most convenient at times. It wasn't the most reliable at times. There were delays, uh, availability gaps. You had to work around both schedule and locations and time. And even though you could achieve what you wanted to achieve, um, it had a lot of overhead tied to it. Um, with the introduction of email, uh, it completely unified the your ability to get a message from anybody to anybody else um, quicker, faster, more reliably with less cost. Um, and gave you back both time um, and just frankly efficiency to your day. And so in a lot of ways, it's um, uh, it's that sort of a transition that has the ability to um, completely reshape the way you structure your life. And instead of communication, it's about transportation. I think that's a great analogy. I think the idea of going from something that is quite a manual processes based on rather old technology and going to something that's completely transformative and revolutionary is what this potentially could provide. Just almost putting it in the most simple terms, autonomous driving, when we're talking about it, we're, we're basically talking about self-driving cars, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, you know, vehicles um, uh, obviously are a huge part of our life. Um, you know, all people, many people will spend two hours a day in transportation. When you look at the, uh, the logistics side of it, um, it's a giant driver of our economy and every good piece of good or food that you touch has been on a truck at some point. And every one of these is still uh, totally dependent on humans to dedicate their full attention to driving these vehicles. And so the uh, idea of making a car uh, autonomous is not just adding um, better abilities to stay in your lane or some cruise control features, but truly allowing you for the first time to take complete attention off of the road and be able to do whatever it is else that you would like to do with that time. Um, and that's the biggest jump from any of the um, options that are available today, even if uh, it might include a very advanced form of cruise control and actually move to something like what Waymo already has uh, running in the uh, Phoenix area, where you have vehicles with absolutely nobody in the driver's seat taking real passengers uh, from point A to point B. Um, safely, reliably, and um, uh, and giving him that time back. That I mean, it sounds so crazy to think we are building a technology so you can take all of your attention off the road. Is that, I mean, is that safe? How does that happen? You know, how do we make that work? 
safety is the number one uh, area of focus of Waymo. Pretty much every single area that we push on and every capability that we think about, it's being pushed through the lens of of safety because, uh, you know, in a lot of ways we, we have to not just meet the bar of a human in terms of safety, but actually exceed it um, because of how much visibility um, there is on such a new um, technology. And that is the key is that if you are providing a level of automation that still requires um, somebody's full attention on the road, you're not actually saving them that time. It might be more relaxing. It might be a little bit, uh, you know, add a little bit of give you a little bit less you know, anxiety or fatigue on a long route, but fundamentally you're still required to pay attention to the road around you. Sure, the vehicles, right. uh, you know, Waymo is working on a driver that is a suite of capabilities that it could go into any vehicle, um, and whether it's the Waymo driver in a car, a Waymo driver in a truck, or other vehicles down the road, our bar in all of these um, is that uh, it needs to be reliable enough to where a human just does not need to think about the act of driving. The way to think about it is if you need a driver's license uh, or any sort of license in order to operate a vehicle, it's not autonomous. Um, we want to go all the way uh, to the full end of the spectrum where you can be uh, un- you can be too young to drive, you can be blind, you can be work reading a book or watching a movie and you just don't need to think about the act of driving because it is safe, reliable and tested to such a degree to where you have confidence that um, that you're in good hands. There's no halfway point to autonomous. It's it's not sort of autonomous. It, we need to go full autonomous to really reach the benefits and going kind of to your analogy, right? It's not the mail can't be you ship it to somewhere, someone types it up and sends it digitally. We have to be able to just have the whole thing be email. That's exactly right. And um, and that half kind of part way, you just get no credit for it. And in fact, I'd even go right. further where 99% autonomous doesn't help you because if if you can't handle that extra, inc- incredibly long tail of situations, you can't launch an autonomous uh, product, an autonomous service. Because uh, if you think about it, uh, when this technology continues to scale and you're, we're driving uh, millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions and billions of miles, the sort of mistakes that happen once every 2 million miles will actually happen very, very frequently. And so the level of rigor that we need to put into safety and the reliability bar is so extreme that the sort of demos that are easy to get excited by when you get into a car and drive on a 10-mile route, that could be the sort of capability that uh, isn't even on track to converge to a fully driverless solution because the jump from a 10-mile demo with a safety driver behind a wheel just in case to something that you are comfortable enough releasing to real customers at a large scale um, that's something that um, we think about all the time and frankly continues to be our dominant focus because there's always more challenges to overcome and ways for us to expand the offering. How does a autonomous vehicle see? Like how does it know what's around it and, and make sure it's not getting in accidents, take it, you know, taking turns, everything? So it starts with the sensors. Um, Waymo develops uh, a majority of its sensors in-house. Um, there's laser-based sensors called LiDAR sensors, cameras and radar. Um, this allows us to combine this data to understand, uh, to be able to see and understand the structure of the world around us. Um, there's a system that is used, uh, called the perception system that is used to perceive and understand the world around us. And so that is basically given the vehicle, the current state of the world, um, where are all the objects, um, what is their current state, what's happening, um, and what are they doing, um, at this point, um, 
that then allows us to predict what's going to happen in the world around us. So it's very important to know that there's not just that there's a vehicle, but that that vehicle is traveling here and it's likely to take a left turn based on its position in the road. So predicting what's going to happen in the world around us is a very important part of the problem. Um, and then finally, there's a giant amount of investment in what's called the planning system, which is uh, the vehicle making decisions on what it should do in response to what it sees um, in the world around it. And what it predicts others will do uh, um, as a result of um, of the situation. Um, and so it's, uh, it's just as important to have the right hardware and sensors to understand the world around you as it is to then have the algorithms to do the right thing with that information and to stay safe uh, and get to where you need to go. You touched on people who are potentially too young or blind. There's an accessibility factor that autonomous vehicles bring in. And I think to that extent, it potentially changes the world. And I think there's a lot of primary impacts that you can think of. Maybe potentially it could reduce even you know traffic fatalities or traffic injuries. It's going to change the world of things like Uber and ride-sharing platforms. But going to email, for example, e- email had so many secondary implications. It changed work completely. It changed how we communicate completely. What are the secondary impacts on city architecture, You know, home design, ownership, like how does it really change our world? This is exactly the right question. And it's interesting because there's two almost, there's two large branches of applications. One is the consumer side, um, Waymo One, and one is Waymo Via, which is uh, transporting goods. The first is to transport people. The second is to transport goods. And each of them has a pretty transformational impact on the world, uh, even if they, under the hood, use the same Waymo driver and a lot of the same underlying uh, core technologies. Um, you mentioned one of them, uh, almost... Uh, 1.4 um, million people die every year around the world in traffic accidents. Um, I think in the United States, it's uh, well over um, uh, 40,000 um, uh, each year. This is uh, a giant, giant cost of life. And 95% of it is due to um, uh, to just mistake and, uh, uh, and user error. And so the nice thing about a, um, the Waymo driver is that whether you're on the first mile or you're on the 1200th mile um, in a route, you're not any more or less fatigued. Um, you are going to be the exact same system. And so the quality, the, the savings of life is tremendous. Um, truck driving is the number one most dangerous application in terms of fatalities on the job in the United States. When you think about the impact to cities um, and where you live relative to your work, um, right now, uh, you know, people can easily spend uh, two hours a day commuting, and that's time that is not spent on your work, on entertainment, uh, on on other elements, um, if there is an autonomous uh, vehicle that's able to take you somewhere, you are might possibly more willing to live further away. You are more flexible about how and when you commute. You can use that time productively. You can imagine vehicles that become customized for certain types mm-hmm. of uh, engagements while while you're driving. Car ownership can completely change. With the necessity to own your own car, can completely be diminished because um, the supply side of transportation can be far better fit to the demand of, of transportation. Um, and uh, and all of those, that space that's being used for parking lots in cities, particularly urban um, cities, all of a sudden can turn to parks or turn to um, uh, sidewalks, additional buildings. Like there's a lot of benefits um, that can fundamentally change uh, a concept that hasn't changed in decades. Boris, when you when you say trucking, so what are, we're talking about trucking, we're talking about like eighteen wheelers. 
Uh, we absolutely are. Uh, it's the giant trucks you see on the highways uh, all around you when you drive around. This is uh, uh, one of the most dominant ways of transporting goods around the United States. And it's something that is a you know, $800 billion a year industry in the U.S. Uh, there's a giant shortage of truck drivers. There's about a 60,000 truck driver shortage right now in the U.S. And that's going to increase uh, by a pretty decent multiple in the next five years. It's not a very pleasant job. And there's also limits on how long you can drive legally because of fatigue. The most difficult routes, which are the long haul routes, can be handled autonomously, where an autonomous truck could easily drive 22, 23 hours a day um, with no issues. Again, you have the supply to move things around and be able to deal with spikes around Christmas and at other times. And when the cost of transportation like that goes down, just like when the cost of communication went down with email, all of a sudden uh, it becomes an enabler for uh, industries and price points for goods and ways to leverage this new capability that spawns entirely different industries that just couldn't exist previously. It's crazy to think about this, right? I think this autonomous vehicles, when people hear it, it's still sci-fi in nature. That, that said, when you're working on it, you, you live and breathe this every day. How far are we to a reality where the entire, all of our cars are autonomous? It's not a technology that's going to happen overnight. It's going to be a progression, just like you saw with computing, just uh, how you saw with internet, with mobile phones. Like there's a evolution that happens. Um, so Waymo One is already running with a commercial service um, in a region in um, Arizona. Um, and obviously a lot of the goal is to expand that, but there's obviously a lot of challenges. So dealing with a dense urban environment is a very different challenge than dealing with a uh, more of a suburban environment dealing with rain and snow uh, and difficult conditions adds challenges. Uh, you, uh, different cities have different styles uh, and pedestrian behaviors um, and traffic patterns. So driving in Boston is very different than driving in Los Angeles. And so the foundations carry over and the goal is to make the expansion rate faster as this technology matures um, so that the 10th city is a lot easier than the second city, uh, but there's a lot of work to make this um, happen because, as you can imagine, there's a giant amount of development that happens uh, to solve the technical challenges that go into making a vehicle autonomous in a particular environment or a particular city, um, and you want to then be very, very thoughtful about how you expand that to other areas in a way that generalizes and, um, uh, and doesn't uh, cause you to break capability one place when you expand it in another. So Take me 30, 40, 50 years in the future then. Thinking, put your visionary hat on and think, what does the world look like at that point given autonomous vehicles and kind of the developments, learnings, innovations we've made in the space? How does the world look? Yeah, very good, very good question. So 50 years out, majority of vehicles are autonomous. Um, I, I would imagine that just... Uh, for the novelty of it, um, you know, th there's a there's an enjoyment in driving, and uh, I, I would imagine that that that's still some aspect of, of life. But given how efficient, um, uh, you know, efficient um, autonomous driving becomes, it's almost like a washing machine versus washing by hand. Uh, you know, like it becomes kind of like a standardized thing where, like, you can, and maybe it's you know, there's therapeutic, or you like find. Uh, you know, good reason why you want to drive manually when it's a very specialized application, but we push everything towards autonomous. We start to expand this technology across uh, broader and broader vehicle types. Um, you, you can imagine uh, uh, many diverse types of vehicles, um, trucks, buses uh, uh, are all autonomous. 
they look different uh, than they do today. You don't need a position for a driver. You don't need everything facing forward. You can have situations um, and vehicles where you're driving for entertainment or driving for sleep right. or driving for um, uh, uh, for work or for gaming. Um, so that becomes very interesting. Everything is integrated to where uh, personal ownership will probably decline a huge amount because you're able to uh, to get uh, on-demand uh, transportation um almost any time, uh, anywhere. Goods transportation is no longer limited um, in terms of where hubs need to lie because you could imagine a vehicle driving all the way across the country without, you know, without having to spend a night anywhere. It probably will change the way roads look where if uh, once you get to a point where more than a, what a majority of vehicles are autonomous, you can imagine specialized lanes where because of the capabilities of an autonomous vehicle, they could drive with far smaller distance and far higher efficiency. It's, it's pretty exciting. It's super exciting. I mean, it, my favorite thing is when technology has these implications of, of truly revolutionizing the world in so many different ways. And I think autonomous vehicles absolutely have that. And I think what you've hit on a few times that's really interesting is I think it just changes the concept of travel, the baggage of travel, the terminology of either having to essentially put in the effort. You, as you mentioned, you can reimagine it. This time is now sleeping time. This time is working time. It's gaming. It's entertainment. It's this whole concept of having to get in and go somewhere is now become it's flipped on its head beyond just becoming limitless in the sense for kind of more enterprise applications or shipping. I think just the individual in me and the consumer, I'm like, oh, wow, like, I, you know, I can do whatever yeah. I want now and I could live halfway across the state yeah or wherever right it doesn't matter yeah yeah Yeah. i'll even say one more thing is that like the technologies are so complex and there's there's such fundamentally hard ai problems to solve like how do you see like how do you develop the sensors themselves to be able to see and understand the environment how do you then go and understand everything that's around you and classify objects context semantics around what's happening how do you predict what's happening what other um, uh, people and cars and, uh, and agents will do in the environment and how do you make decisions on what it is that you should do in that situation? Like there's such fundamental AI problems that are being solved as part of this that I actually think that the spillover from autonomous driving into all of these other areas mm-hmm. is going to be uh, tremendous because it's like a superset of so many yeah. uh, other challenges in the world today. Um that once these problems are solved and these tools are better understood, the way that can be applied to so many other challenges uh, uh, that leverage AI are going to be uh, pretty tremendous. Just like um, you know, you look at you know machine learning technologies to for search for voice understanding for image recognition, they spilled over from their initial applications um, and started to really become in places that you uh, never expected. And I think the same thing is going to happen with the technology being developed for the autonomous uh, vehicles that are going to become part of the future. Boris, you are a very intelligent and insightful dude. Thank you so much for the conversation. (laughs) Thinking about autonomous vehicles as the shift from mail to email, same way I used to send paper postcards, now I'm sending digital ones. I'm going to sit and play video games while I travel across the country in my autonomous Waymo vehicle. (laughs) Thanks so much, man. It was really good. Yeah, really a pleasure. Thank you. Today's episode was written and hosted by me, Mohan Zanuzi, produced by Corinne Javier and Lee Schneider, executive produced by Steph Wolf, music by Uvra. You can find more Same Same on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to get your ear candy. Thanks for listening. Spread love.
This episode was brought to you in part by BCG Digital Ventures. BCG DV builds revolutionary new businesses with the world's most influential corporations. Learn more at bcgdv.com. Hey, sorry, sorry, Mo and Lee jumping in. You did hit, you did hit record on your end. I right? am recording on my end. Yes, it's recording. Yeah, uh, on my end as well. Yeah, okay. I can stop being a producer now. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, <Yeah>. Lee. <laughs> That'll be the bit for the end of the end of the episode. The blooper zero. <laughs>